What's up, guys? My name is Andres. This is the Strong Family Money Show, where we teach dads how to take control of their fitness, their finances, and their family. Thanks for coming back. I have four more tips for you today. Let's jump into it. First tip is a first-time homebuyer tip. So you've made a previous video. We've made it off. We made it all the way to making an offer on a home. We put in our offer. They've accepted it. We've listened to our real estate agent um, on how to present the offer, what kind of offer to to um, give the seller for consideration they've accepted it so we have to understand that that i've said before the sticker price is usually not the sticker price so you may have had to offer above the asking price depending on your current market situation at the time of this recording that is the case we also have to understand that there are costs associated with the transaction of purchasing a home that are not included in the selling of the home so um, the selling of the home takes care of the um, buyer, the seller side only. The, the selling of the home takes care of the seller side only. So they, they pay off their mortgage, they get their profit, they pay their agent, which in turn pays your agent. Let me rephrase that. They pay their um, broker, right? So actually they're transacting with the, probably in the weeds. They're transacting with the broker. The, the agent is a representative of the broker. The selling of the home compensates the broker for the uh, time of the agent, and the selling broker gives the buying broker money, and the buying broker pays the buying agent. Probably more than you wanted to know, but that's how the process works. So there are transactions that are not involved in that. All the only parties that are involved in selling a home are the seller side and the buyer side. And on the seller side, the only, only third party that's involved there is whoever's holding the mortgage. They get paid. Okay. Anything else that happens, inspections, recordings, transfers. Um, let me look at my list here. Uh, any sort of insurance that happens, title insurance, right? all that stuff. You have to understand that going in so you're not surprised when you have to shell out more money during the transaction. Your real estate agent really should understand this and prepare you before it happens. You don't want to go into a transaction without knowing that because that may derail you. You have to have money, a way to get money set aside for these kinds of things. You don't want that to be the reason you don't get the home. You've saved all this money. You've spent all this time. You've done all this work. Right, you want to consult the way to do it. Okay, here's your takeaway from this whole thing you qualify for a certain amount of money for your um, real estate transaction on a certain day, right? So they say on this day, and I think that's even that is even on the, the wording on the document on this day, we search. So actually, it could you know work not in your favor if something bad happens to you. On this day, we certify that Joe Blow and Jane Blow, right, um, qualify for this amount of money to purchase or to qualify for a loan. I don't even think they would know what you're going to So qualify for a loan. 
you want to be in good standing from that point forward. You don't want to do anything crazy with your credit. You don't want to do anything crazy with your finances. You want to be the best, the most money conscious people from that day forward. You don't want anything to happen to you, to your ability to get the home because you did something crazy after that day. Okay. You also, and because you're going to be the most frugal people, the most money conscious people, you also want to continue saving as you did leading up to that point. You were able to save money for a down payment using whatever strategy you guys are using overtime, two jobs, eating tuna out of a can every day, whatever you did to get your credit right, to get your savings right. You want to continue to do that. Because that is probably the easiest way to get the money for all these closing costs. I mean, and it comes in two, three, four, five K, depending on where you are and what you do and what they decide, right? So it's it's a, a range of money, a cost. It isn't a fixed amount, depending on your area. So, but what you really want to do is you want to, after you say, on this day, I can afford this much home. You want to be that the same people you were before that date, after that date, because that's totally where you're going to get this money from. So you should not be surprised if you get a bill for closing costs, and they're going to come from all different places. You may have to shell out a check when it happens. You might have to pay it during your escrow. They may come at different times, but because you're going to be you know, good money people, you're going to have a place to get this money from, and it's not going to derail you. So be prepared after you put in an offer to have all these closing costs that you have to take care of, okay? Important. People forget it. They get surprised by it. And then they're scrambling to to find a place to to get this you know, money from. And, and that's not what you want to have happen to you, okay? Next, real estate investing tip. What's your, what's your strategy? So I've mentioned in a previous video, last one I just did, the types of investing um uh, schemes, probably not the right word to use. Niches, probably better. Um, but what do you do after that? Okay, you know what type of home you're going to buy, what type of property you're going to purchase. Um, what are you going to? What are you going to do with it? Right? What? Do you, how? How are you going to make your money? Okay, so um, here are a few, and here are a few for an investor who. You know, is not a corporate investor, right? You're gonna. This is for someone who's gonna slowly increase their portfolio over a long period of time. Okay, the easiest slam dunk one is you buy a property, and you put a renter in it, and you're done. Okay, they pay you rent. If you chose the renter correctly, based on their you know financial history, their history of other rental properties, because you can ask for references. You're going to have someone in there that takes care of your property over for a long period of time and you don't have to worry about anything but the occasional faucet leak and collecting the uh, rent. That's buy and hold. You're just going to put it in your in your portfolio and you're not going to do anything else with it. Okay. A, a branch off of that is um, you want to you buy a home. It's still going to be a buy and hold. Um, but. You know, you're going to buy properties that require a lot more work. Um, you're going to rehab it, okay? You're going to you know, going to rent it out. And then it's now going to be valued higher 
over a certain amount of seasoning time, what was what they call it, the time that you have to hold a property for it to be considered to be raising in, in, in value, you're then going to refinance the home. You're then going to have more money to go do it again. Okay. But that's still buy and hold, right? You buy it in some condition, moving ready or not. Uh, you do something to it if it needs to be done. Every property probably needs a fresh coat of paint, right? Throw down some new carpet. You definitely, side note, you definitely want to make your properties um, renter proof. You're not going to give them the fanciest stuff or the best stuff. You're going to give them the stuff that is, and them is just your general renter, stuff that is durable, durable paint, durable carpet, durable flooring, right? Because you don't want to have to go in there and paint all the scratches or all the scuffs or right. So you want to make it, you know, you don't want to make it like a hotel room, right? But you want to make, you want to buy material or, or rehab your properties with material that are renter proof. Okay. And so that's one strategy. Buy and hold. You buy it, you just accumulate them in your portfolio. You have renters in them. You collect the rent. You're, you know, you're just going to grow that over time. Okay. That's one. Other one is you can be, you know, if you are, able to do so because you know somebody, you have somebody, or you can do it yourself, you can, um, you know, buy properties that are not in great shape. You then, you know, rehab them and you sell them, you fix and you flip it. This was a big thing back in the day. It can still be done. You just have to look for them. If that's what you want to do, you don't have really an investment portfolio, but you're just getting these homes, you're fixing them up again, not super fancy. You probably want to do this quickly, basic stuff. You fix it and then you sell it and you get your profit. You put that away. You do it all over again, right? You can try that for a little bit, okay? Depending on your on your area, you can try something called um, wholesaling, right? This totally depends on your area. You have to research what's going on in your area, the, the, the laws around there. You have to visit a, a real estate attorney probably to check it out, okay? You can, so people get on, on, on bad times, right? They are in default. They're probably going to be in default. You can say, Hey, you know, you also have to have a list of people who are going to be on the other end of the transaction as the, as the buyers of these properties, you're the middle person. You say, Hey, I, I can help you out. I know people who have money and who are investors, right? And usually people use this type of person, you, the middle person, because they don't want to spend the investor side. They don't want to spend their time looking for properties, right? Because they want to do a lot of properties, right? So you're going to look for, so there's two sides. Of the you want to find a list of investors you work with. People that have money can do things quick, know what you're doing. They want homes. Other side, you look for people who are going to be or are in default or want to move out quick. You say, okay, this is what I can do for you. I have a list of buyers. You want to sell quick? Um, I will, you know, facilitate that transaction for you, right? So um, you then say, hey, mister, you get this person under, there's a contract, hey, I am gonna purchase the the um, chance to buy your home, okay, sign here, for this amount, okay? Then you go to the wholesaler and, or the investor and you say, I have this property, I talked to this person, they are in default, they, they have to, they don't want their credit to be, you know, messed up, they wanna sell their home quick, they don't even want a house anymore. I have their house under this contract. I will give you this contract. So you are you are selling a piece of paper to both sides. 
and you're saying, okay, now I'm going to sell it to you, this contract, for this amount of money. That's where you make your money. It is still a deal for the investor, and it still helps out the seller. You facilitate the transaction. You go get the paperwork done. Done. You never take possession of the home, and and it's a, a, if you're that kind of person that has the time to go out and look for these properties, they are difficult to find. And if you want to go out and start making your list of investors, they are also difficult to find. Probably not as much if you say, hey, I have houses already. Um, but that's another way to do it. So you can buy and hold. You can fix and flip. Or you can wholesale if you really don't want to take possession of any of any home. So um, um, pick your niche, right? Choose your strategy. And uh, over the long run, you can start um, you know, building a pretty good um, pretty good business out of pretty good business out of real estate investing. So next stock tip, um, you want to review your portfolio every so often, like about nine to 12 months. You want to take a look, sit down and take a good look at your portfolio of, of stocks you have and get rid of the duds. Don't be married to anything. Always keep winners. So if you buy something and you know that it's always, you bought it for a reason, right? It was going to take off. It's going to be great, but it hasn't delivered. You want to identify those and get rid of them, right? You want to cut your losses. You want to not lose any more money. In the meantime, you always want to be looking for, in previous videos, winners, right? Long track record of winning. You want to look for those kind of properties. And every 9 to 12 months where you go over your portfolio of stocks and you start getting rid of your losers, you use that money to buy the new winners. You don't want to be married to anything. You don't want to say, oh, I'm going to lose... I'm going to lose money on this transaction. You're losing money every month, right? And if you keep it waiting for the day that it's going to be a winner, you're going to lose even more, right? So you want to cut your losses, review your portfolio every 9 and 12 months, revamp it, move things around, buy more of the winners you have, find new winners, and get rid of the losers, okay? Um, so I wrote down in my journal uh, three things that would improve my business. Um, keep a schedule, uh, rest when I can, and feel the best I can. So it actually has nothing to do with, um, well, I guess you can say number one does, but most of them have nothing to do with the business in general. It has to do with the person running the business. And um, you have to make sure that you feel your best, that you're working your best, and and you are you can work over a long period of time, right? Um, you don't want burnout or health reason or or not being organized to be the reason that your business doesn't prevail or you don't start one. So you want to keep a schedule. If you have a full-time job like I do, you want to say, during these times is when I'm going to work on my business. When everyone goes to bed at night, well, what I do, when everyone goes to bed at night, from 8 to 11, I'm in my office here working on my business. On the weekends, right now they're out. My family's out. Um, my daughter just started swim swim team again, right? So Friday and Saturday from you know nine to eleven, I'm in here. Friday and Saturday from eight to eleven, I'm in here, right? Lunchtime at work, I'm working on it, right? So you want for a while there? I was when I didn't go to the gym in the morning. It was from you know five a.m. before I had to leave to work six thirty seven a.m. So you want to make a schedule, find time. You, and you can find time for everything, right? If you really want to do it, okay? Rest when I can. If you need a nap during the day, go hide in your car at work and take a nap. 
If you need to sneak upstairs on the weekend for an hour, take a nap, right? The chances you do, if you're caught up on all your work, the chances you have to go and, and to bed early, go to bed early. Leave the cell phone somewhere else, right? Get to bed. You want to rest, okay? You want to feel the best you can. You have to eat right. You got to sleep right. You got to not abuse your body. You got to exercise. You got to read, right? So you want to feel the best you can because that's when you're going to make the best decisions. All right. I'm Andres. This is the Strong Family Money Show. Please visit our sponsor, freshcopy805.com. Without them, we couldn't make these episodes. Down in the description, I have links to my I have links to my two books I have up on Amazon. If you want them for free, a PDF copy, send me an email, Andres at strongfamilymoney.com, and I'll send you a copy of uh, each of my each of my books here. If not, in the description, I have the link to the Amazon store. Uh, I'm a real estate agent here in Ventura County. If you want to talk real estate, how the market's doing, what my house is worth, all that good stuff, any questions in general, Andres at strongfamilymoney.com. Please like and subscribe. Share this video. My name is Andres. Thanks for watching, and I'll talk to you guys next time.